Let's stand and give our God some praise. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's sing it out.
God is. God told Moses in Exodus, I am that I am. And we need to worship this morning that our God is awesome. He's holy. He's mighty. Hallelujah, God. I want to be close, close to your side, so heaven is real and death is a lie. I want to hear
this morning, Jesus. Have your way this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you for your presence in this place, Father. We thank you that you are the great I am, that there is none like you, that you are here in this place with us. We love and appreciate you, Father. So we just ask that you would continue to rest with us, to continue to rule and abide here in this space as we move forward in worship and in your word today, Father. It is in Jesus' name we pray. We love you. We give you all the glory, God. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise because it belongs to you and you alone and only you are worthy in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Converge Worship. We appreciate you guys being here, and we welcome you to Converge Live, our in-person worship experience. We want to say good morning and welcome to Converge Nation, our online family that is joining us via live stream. We do not take it lightly that you all choose to spend a portion of your day. So if this is your first time with us, we want to welcome and greet you too. We say thank you for taking a few moments out of your day today to worship with us, whether here in person or online. If you're here in person and this is your first time, we just want to greet you and connect with you after service. We ask that you would stop by the Welcome Center again so we can hug your neck, greet you, and then give you a small gift. It's a token of appreciation, and it's just our way of saying thank you for choosing to spend some time with us today. Amen? Amen. Converge Nation, Converge Family, we know that you guys get all the emails, that we send out all the updates, but really, guys, the best way to stay informed on everything that's happening, the best way to get the most recent and up-to-date information is to connect with us on social media. That's where all the updates are posted about everything that God is doing right here in and through us at Converge. So we want you to connect with us on our various social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge, and you can find us on TikTok at Converge Church. We want you to like the page. If you feel led, we want you to share the content. But above all that, connect with us so that you guys can stay informed on everything that's happening and you can be a part of it with us. We also have some things that we want to make you aware of that are happening this week, this month, even today. The first one being, guys, Converge Students is back. I need a big clap about that. Converge Students is back. Our middle school students, 6th through 8th grade, and our ninth through 12th grade students are meeting over in the rail right now. They will be meeting every second and fourth Sunday at 10 a.m. So parents, if you have some 6th through 8th grade students and some 9th through 12th grade students, we encourage you, have them connect with our student leadership team. We ask you to stop by after service today. The team wants to meet you. They want to connect with you. They want you guys to take a look at the space we have, and they want to share with you everything that we have planned for your students as the year progresses. Amen? Amen. We also have some great Converge merch available for you. We haven't been wearing it. Usually I'm up here in one of my Converge tees or a hoodie. We are in the midst of Sunday fun days, but we have t-shirts, we have hoodies. And beyond that, guys, we've got mugs, tumblers, we've got journals, and we even have a Holy Spirit Today mini book available for purchase. So if you'd like to take advantage and see what we have available for you, stop by the merch table in the lobby at the end of service, or you can visit our e-store at store.com. 
We are in the midst of Sunday Fundays. Today is Super Fan Sunday. I am not a fan of sports, but I am a fan of Chicago. So I'm repping my Bears. I see some of you guys out there repping your hometowns. I see the Saints. I see the, the Cowboys. I see the Mavericks. I do see another bear out there. I see Michigan. I see all of you guys. Thank y'all so much for participating. We love it when we can connect and have fun. That being said, next Sunday will be our final fun day Sunday. And it'll also be the end of our God on Film sermon series. And Pastor Ray is going to come full of fire with a word for us next week. But the theme for next Sunday is going to be farewell to summer. So come in your vacation, luau gear, your lays, your Hawaiian shirts, and come prepared for an encouraging and a life-transforming word. We want you to join us next Sunday, September 4th. Amen? Amen. We are moving into the blessed life segment of our worship experience. And this is our opportunity to live out one of the values that we have here at Converge, which is generosity. We often say here at Converge that we will live with an open hand, not a clenched fist, that we will be a blessing to others. And that is a part of how we do that is in our giving. So if you would like to partner with us financially, there are multiple ways that you can do it. We do have ushers in the aisles with envelopes. There are also some on the backs of your seats if you need one. If you need an ink pen or something, raise your hand. We'll get it to you. We ask that you would fill out the, uh, the contents of the envelope in its entirety. That way we can properly record and account for your giving. You can give safely and securely online by visiting us at weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can give via text by texting Converge Give along with a dollar amount to 77977. We have multiple ways for you guys to give. All that information will be on screen for you. And as always, God, I say, guys, I say it every week, but I don't take it lightly. I mean it when I say it. We appreciate everything that you guys do to help make life-giving ministry happen here at Converge in your giving. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every seed that is being sown into Converge ground today. It is good ground, Father. We thank you that you are the source of all good and perfect gifts, including financial gifts that come from those who sow into us here at Converge. We love you and appreciate every opportunity that you've given us, first and foremost, to lift you up, but also to reach our community, to reach our nation, and the, the funds and the seeds and the gifts that people give to help make that happen. Father, you've been so good to us, and we ask a special blessing of those who really desire to give, God, but may not be in that season right now. We love you. We appreciate you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Nation, you may have noticed that Pastor Wendy and I are not in the building, and that's simply because we're in the beautiful city of Boston, Massachusetts. In fact, I think it's really fitting, right, because today is Hometown Sunday at Converge Church, and we're here in what will become Mia's new city of choice, her new hometown for the next four years. Tell us a little bit about what it was like for uh, check-in and, and getting Mia settled in. It was really a smooth process. 
and I'm babbling back and forth because I'm so excited for her that I think I should be sad for us that she's leaving, but we're having a good time. She absolutely loves it here, so we do miss you, But and we thank you for the grace in this season of transition for us. Absolutely. Now, even though we're not there this morning, we've left you in very able, very capable hands for week three, I believe it is, of God on Film. And uh, our guests today are no strangers to Converge Nation, Dexter and Andrea Jackson. Come on. We affectionately call them Dextrea. Dextrea <laughs> will be bringing the word this morning. They have a phenomenal message prepared just for you. Open your hearts as you receive uh, from these two amazing gifts to the body of Christ, but even more specifically to our church. In fact, why don't you stand on your feet? That's right. Stand to your feet and let's get a rowdy, loud, and proud Converge Nation welcome. Converge in person, Converge live, Converge online to our special guest, Dextrea, Dexter and Andrea Jackson, as they come to minister God's word this morning. God bless you. Good morning, Converge Church. Good Hello morning, again. Converge Nation. Thank you. Um, we don't take this lightly. Um, we honor our pastors no. for no. trusting us um, with this awesome responsibility of edifying and giving life-giving word to the people of God and even the unchurched. We thank you, pastors. Amen. Thank you. Um, this is my wife, Andrea, and I'm Dexter. <laughs> Welcome. Good morning. So with all that being said, um, we thank you, God, and we just ask you, God, that you've prepared us, that you be with us, and that everything that we, that we say is what you will have us to say. Nothing more, nothing less, in totality. Yeah. Amen. 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 So we're on week three of our... God on Film Series, and as Pastor Ray has already, and let me take this off. This was actually from our Super Fun Sunday, but I know this is going to be very distracting. <laughs> so I'm going to take this off right now. Um, Pastor Ray has already shared with us how Jesus, when he spoke, he spoke in metaphors, analogies, and illustrative speech to convey biblical truths, um, relevant truths to the people. And that's what we do with God on film. We take film, which is pop culture, and we look at it and we extract and uh, biblical truths, and then we just relay them. Um, the film that we're going to do today comes from the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe, MCU. Do we have any Marvel fans in the audience? A few of us. <laughs> But more than just a film, this is really going to be a character study of one character because you know that these characters, they're in multiple films. This character first appeared in the 2014 film Captain America, Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And that character's name is Wanda Maximoff. That's right. And she most recently appeared in which film? Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which was released this past summer. So we're going to take you from... Captain America to Doctor Strange in about 35 minutes. Yeah. 
And what we're going to do is hopefully as we, as we talk about her, you'll see yourself in her. We've all experienced some of the things that she's gone through. And we're just going to just, just talk about it. So with that being said, me, Wanda. We have a picture of Wanda on screen. And Wanda is a, an Avenger. She, is, she didn't start out that way, but she's a powerful Avenger. And um, she's got some pretty extraordinary battle wounds. Um, she uh, has some innate magical abilities that she was born with. But when um, in times of stress, uh, these magical abilities are heightened and they are actually kind of unstable. Um, especially considering all of the stress-induced anxiety that she's dealt with growing up, um, or not even just growing up, throughout her entire life, Wanda has dealt with a lot. And I think that's why it kind of resonated with us to talk about this, because all of us have encountered life, right? Um, Wanda lost her parents at a very early age, and it wasn't something just like them passing. That's traumatic enough in and of itself, but her country was um, being attacked and was bombed and the bomb landed in her home. She watched her parents die. And as a side note, that bomb was built by Tony Stark. Marvel fans know that he's um, Iron Man. And so she kind of held a lot of resentment toward Tony uh, for the death of her parents. That's just the start of it. She uh, grew up in a country that was war-torn and lots of civil unrest. So that can be traumatic in and of itself. She uh, was experimented on, she was deceived into being experimented on by Hydra. We all know that Hydra was, uh, maybe not all of us, but most of us know Hydra is an evil organization. And so she was experimented on by them. And then in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, she experiences the death of her twin brother, Pietro. And so she's navigating a lot. And what we want to talk about today is kind of how do we navigate life when it happens? How do we navigate uh, grief and sadness? And so Wanda's, a, like Dexter said, a bit of a character study and maybe even a cautionary tale in how we navigate these emotions in our own lives. So with that said, we're going to ask the media team to run the clip, and you guys are going to learn a bit more about Wanda Convergination Online. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Wanda, I... I don't presume to know what you're feeling, but I would like to know, should you wish to tell me, should that be of some comfort to you? What makes you think that talking about it would bring me comfort? Oh, see, I read that... Uh, the only thing that would bring me comfort is seeing him again. wave washing over me again and again. It knocks me down, and when I try to stand up, it just comes for me again. And I can't. It's just gonna drown me. No. No, I won't. <laughs> How do you know? Well, because it can't all be sorrow, can it? I've always been alone, so I don't feel the lack. 
It's all I've ever known. I've never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose. But what is grief? If not love, persevering. lot but wait there's more <laughs> so a little bit of backstory uh, well content continuing the story of um, Wanda she had gave you some story mm -hmm. um, some backstory continuing her story we're gonna go to um, Civil War um, Avengers Civil War the, the film so in this film Thanos big Thanos thug guy I need to get infinity stones because if I get all the infinity stones, I can snap my fingers and half existence in the universe will go away. So they're fighting and the last remaining infinity stone is in Vision's head. That's the stone that he needs to get to complete his task of wiping out half the existence in the universe. So Thanos is like, give me the stone. Vision's like, no, I'm not going to give you the stone. Boom, boom, boom. No, give me the stone. Boom, boom, boom. Then Wanda shows up on the scene. It's like, no, you can't have the stone. No, you can't have the stone. And then Vision and Wanda. Because at this point, Wanda and Vision are in love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love of her life. Mm -hmm. It's her safe place. I mean, all that she's gone through, Vision is now her sanctuary. Yeah. It's her, it's her safe place. And she's confronted with a heartbreaking choice of, well, Thanos, do I let Thanos get the stone and wipe out half the existence? Or do I get the stone and save half of human half the existence in the universe? Mm -hmm. If I have to get the stone, I have to kill Vision. Yeah. So more trauma. I, I, imagine me looking at my wife saying, the love of my life, I've got to kill you. <laughs> to save this. I'm not as altruistic, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but imagine all she's gone through. Now she's confronted with this choice. Yeah. And she does that. She does take the stone from Vision and kills him. However, Thanos big bag of ha ha. You Plot thought you twist, had me. Right. Huh? Uh, plot twist. Yeah, plot twist. <laughs> ha ha, you thought you had me. Ha, huh? I've got the time stone. The reverse time. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Wanda's like, oh. Eventually, Thanos does kill Vision. So now I've got to watch you die twice. In a matter of minutes. In a matter of minutes, I've got to watch you die twice. And I couldn't even prevent this. Everything I've done it was to nothing. And Thanos snaps his fingers and half of existence in the universe is gone. Even Wanda Leaf is gone. But it, we fast forward to Avengers Endgame and, and then you know the Avengers are like, oh, we're just going to redo this and, and they get all the stones and Thanos is defeated and, and Tony Stark snaps his fingers, Iron Man snaps his fingers and half, uh, every, all, everything before the blip returns. Wanda returns. Vision doesn't. Because Vision died before the snap, the original snap. So now Wanda 
can't even have vision back. And then Wanda wants to go and uh, try to have closure by getting his body. Uh, she can't even get his body. The gravity of everybody else returns except for vision. My safe place, my sanctuary, drives her to a place called Westview, New Jersey. And in this place, now, now, now we fast forward to her, her Disney Plus series called Wanda, um, WandaVision. WandaVision. Mm -hmm. There she goes to this place where Vision had bought this plot, land plot, where she and Vision were going to live their best life happily ever after. And there in her grief, the heaviness of everything that she's gone through, no safe place, nothing, now has just set in. And we've all had those moments when just I have tried to be the strongest person I can, and I have now broken. Yeah. And she just breaks. And in her breaking, in her abilities and in her power, she creates this magical world mind control over everybody and steps into this nice happy place, this idyllic place where she's created vision. And I don't know where these two little boys came from, but she's created wait, two wait. little boys. You're getting too fast. Oh, I'm getting too fast. Okay. I'm getting too fast. <laughs> I'm getting too fast. You're getting ahead of you. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of my but however, she is, she has set this set set this place. Yes. So in her anger she does kind of take over an entire town. Um and all of what we just shared was kind of like the backstory, the context, so that you guys can see where we're headed next. And so, in keeping with the theme of the Disney Plus series, and now to our regularly scheduled programming, because now we're getting to the meat and the potatoes of it all. Uh, and we want to talk about sorrow, because she has dealt with a lot of sorrow. And as Dexter and I were, you know, talking about this and praying about this, one of the things that we realized, it comes from a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, quote is, sorrow looks back. And Wanda, um, in looking back, in living in the past, in refusing to accept the reality of where she was, had created spontaneously another version of Vision who was alive and two little boys. So all of a sudden they're married, they um, have two twin boys, they are living this idyllic life in suburban Westview, New Jersey. Um, and the series is based on sitcoms, so it's kind of like we're watching a TV show play out and she's living out a TV show. And it's the, you know, family sitcoms that go back to like the 50s and the 60s. Um, so one episode is Dick Van Dyke show, another is Family Ties, another is Malcolm Brady in Bunch. the Middle, Brady Bunch. Lots of episodes where, you know, those kind of feel-good shows we used to watch growing up where life was simple, problems came, but guess what? They were resolved in 30 minutes. And how many of us know that life is not like that? So she had created this world, and she was going to live her happily ever after. But what she was doing, in essence, was living in the past. She was refusing to deal with her present grief, her present trauma, all the trauma she had experienced as a childhood. And so sorrow looks back, and she was avoiding her sadness and grief. But what does that look like? We want to talk a bit about sadness. We've got some notes on the screen and such. Sadness is often considered a negative emotion, um, but it can serve as an important role in signaling our need to receive help or comfort. Sadness is not a bad thing. It slows us down. It draws our attention to the fact that something is missing, um, and it helps us to process or it helps uh, alerts us to the fact that we might need to process some loss or some changes that we weren't ready to deal with. Um, in 
our current society and culture, a lot of the times society will tell us, get through sadness. Get through it. You know, we got to jump back into the swing of things. It lies to us and tells us that we need to recover quickly. And it even causes us to engage in activities like distractions. Um, and baby, you want to talk about the activities that we can engage in to avoid sadness and grief? Well, so I'm going to have to refer this because we have educated and trained and skilled people like Shavonda and others. Yes, mental health professionals. Yes. <laughs> So I have to refer to my notes. Mm -hmm. I apologize. Um, and trust me, they're important. <laughs> they're important. We cannot just do this thing alone. Mm -hmm. Pull upon trained people, yep. and then we'll talk about how faith meets Plays that. that. Yep. Okay? Um, one, one thing that we can do is some of those things that grief looks like, there's, and I, had, I, had, I came up with this myself. See, Siobhan, I'm wrong, and all the other mental people. DABDA. I had, I had to just come up with my own acronym, DABDA, to remember this. The five stages of grief. It is a process. Oh. Absolutely. I'll get to DABDA suit shortly. Yes. We, we did have a... Do you a, want a, me to run with the distractions? No, 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 no. One thing that we, we, do, we talk about a distraction, um, there are three things that, um, there are three things that in our choices that when we choose not to deal with our sadness that allow, that don't allow us to process. And one of them is distractions. And distractions are things that pull us away from our sadness. Mm -hmm. In today's society, I'm going to tell you, the number one distraction is going to be social media. And as, long as, as, far as, as far as me. Now, I'm sure there's other things that pull us away, um, whether it's any type of substance abuse, whether it's any type of just anything. But social media today, because it doesn't allow us to process. Mm -hmm. Nowhere on social media do I see anybody saying how to process sadness. What I do see is I'm living my best life. So my expectation is if you're living your best life and you're living your best life and you're living your best life, we all need to be living our best life. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I don't see a lot on social media is God helping me or Jesus helping me yeah. or the word of God helping me or biblical people helping me. There used to be a time when I'm from, I'm a country boy. And there used to be a time when somebody was going through something that we would go to their house and everybody would go to their house. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to tell you a story, and I wanted to make sure I told the story be so we understand. Um, and I'm sorry, I think I kind of got off on a tangent, but I want to share this. I was told this story of my grandfather, my grandparents. would get a call 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And while my grandfather was getting dressed to go see about somebody, my grandmother would get up, have already prepared his coffee, have already went out and started the car, because back in the days, you had to warm your car up. You just couldn't get up and go like we do now. <laughs> and she would say, Henry, I'll be here if you need me. And they, he would drive and meet other folk to go see about that person in the middle of the night. There used to be a term that we call, I would tarry with somebody. We don't do that anymore. Okay? And that's what I'm saying. These distractions we have, we don't see that. We don't see that on social media. We, everybody is about 
me, mine, I'm a boss this, I'm a boss that. We need to slow down and walk with people and help them process their grief. But we'll talk about that later. Another thing that we talk about is replacement. Mm -hmm. um, there are th we can replace our sadness with different emotions like being cynical. And then another one that we can do is project. Um, we can completely deny the gravity of our pain to appear strong. Now men, I don't know about ladies, my wife will say, hey, how's it going? She can see when I'm bothered with something. She knows I'm bothered. And she can see when I'm deeply bothered with something. And you know what my answer is? I, I'm all right. Mm -hmm. Just lie. I'm fine. <laughs> Man, come on. And I tell you what, I don't know what it is about my wife. I swear. Probably later, I don't, I don't want to put a time limit because it varies. I say, she's been praying for me, ain't she? <laughs> <laughs> Let me get over this thing real quick and get out of get up off of this. So that's we'll save that for a marriage conference one day, guys. Because <laughs> yes, prayer prayer works. Absolutely. Amen. So we're talking about avoiding sadness and grief, but you know, we want to bring it back home to scripture. And with God's help, we have got to learn the healthy release of facing our sadness and also allowing ourselves to grow from experiencing our sadness and loss. And that brings us to our anchor scripture. Uh, I think the New Living Translation is going to be on the screen, but I actually like the message version. And the message version says, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples, Christ followers, so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time. And I think in some way or another, everybody in this room can relate to feeling like we have been kicked in the gut, especially from the past two years, whether it's, you know, we have um, lost our sense of normalcy. We had for a while. We're getting back to it, praise God. We had lost social connections. Some of us, unfortunately, have lost loved ones. But not just even thinking about sorrow and grief in, grief in terms of losing a loved one. Some of us have lost especially the past two and a half years, the actualization of some dreams and some desires and some hopes that we might have had. So how do we navigate that when we're kicked in the gut? Scripture reminds us God is there every time. He is not absent from us in our sorrow and our grief. And I'm mindful of the time. You said in the last two and a half years, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got to be very careful I'm talking to boomers, I'm talking to Gen X, and I'm talking to millennials, and I'm really talking to you because I saw something the other day where these younger generations, they are being brought up into a world of just nothing but anxiety. So we're talking about anxiety and grief and loss. This is what we're bringing them up into, and this is all they'll ever, this is all they know. This is the world they've been brought up into. We've got to be careful. If God were to come back now and say, Adam, did you tend the garden? What would our answer be? Because that was the charge to Adam was to tend the garden. And Adam is just not men. It's all of us, especially us as believers. Have we tended the garden? Amen. So as Dexter's talking about with, you know, our current generation being brought up in society, that leads us to our next point, which is, or not in being brought up in anxiety, not society, anxiety. 
But that leads us to our next point, which is worry looks around. And worry for a lot of us looks like the internal dialogue of our inner critic. Um, so when we think about Wanda, she you know, had created this idyllic life, but at the point that we're at now of the story, she and Vision are recognizing that something's up. Not everything is as it seems. Um, they're seeing some glitches in their TV show. They're seeing that some things are trying to creep their way in. What it really was was reality was trying to creep its way in to force Wanda to deal with it. But they're recognizing that things um, aren't the, what they seem. And how many of those sitcoms have you guys seen where there's always that one nosy neighbor? There is a character in WandaVision. Her name is Agnes, and it's really Agatha. She's a witch. And she comes in as the nosy neighbor because she's trying to figure out the source of Wanda's power because she wants to take Wanda's power for herself. She takes Wanda through a series of reruns in the show where Wanda is reliving all of these traumatic moments in history. And then Agatha thinks, gotcha, I have your powers. And when she thinks she has Wanda's power, she looks at Wanda and she says, the world you've created is broken, just like you. And that was a verbal manifestation of everything that Wanda believed about herself. All the beliefs that she had, I'm broken, I'm always going to be alone. But also, it was a verbal manifestation of some silent vows she had made. I will never let anybody take anything away from me again. So we move forward in that. And um, I guess, what do we do when anxiety happens, when our inner critic is saying the things like that. How do we combat the lies of the inner voice that is not ours, that is telling us we're broken, we'll never be healed, we'll never be whole, things will never change, things will never get better. Again, all I have is what I'm going to share with you guys, and that's scripture. That takes us to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And you guys, I have fallen in love with a passion version. And the passion translation says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, but be saturated in prayer throughout every day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. So how do we, um, oh, I'm not finished. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace transcends your human understanding and it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So how do we navigate the inner script? How do we navigate the lying voice? Through prayer, through supplication, through thanksgiving, through telling God everything he already knows. And then when we've done that, he promises, and he is not a man that he should lie, that he will guard our hearts and our minds. He can stop that lying inner Christ voice in Christ Jesus, or that inner voice in Christ Jesus. That's a great scripture. It's a wonderful scripture. And I also want to just add a little bit to that just by saying that's a process. Mm -hmm. That's a process. That is not a five minute <laughs> or how many minutes you get on TikTok or, or Instagram. It, it's, it's not that. Mm -hmm. It is trusting God and it is a process. And I can imagine the weight of somebody grieving heavy. It is also making room. Just allowing and making room for God. You know that there's five. And now we're going to get to Dabda. Can I get to Dabda now? Well, yes. We're going to take a brief, a brief break, <laughs> a brief station identification intermission um, from the meat and potatoes to kind of give a little bit more context around Agnes. Yeah. So 
There's five stages of grief, the process of processing through grief. Um, the first one is denial. The second one is anger. The second one is bargaining. And the second one is depression. And the second one is acceptance. You know, awareness of these grief stages and how we each uniquely experience them can increase our self-understanding and compassion. Um, it can help us better understand our needs, help us prioritize how our needs are met. Denial can look like, and so let me, we're going to talk about denial. I'm not going to go through all these. There's a lot that we can go through. But denial can look like avoidance, and it can feel like shock. Denial can feel like procrastination, and it can feel like numbness. Mm -hmm. So that's den um, denial. Then we move on to anger. Anger can look like pessimism, but it can feel like frustration. Anger can look like sarcasm, but it can feel like resentment. Then you move on to bargaining. Mm -hmm. um, it can look like overthinking and worrying. It can feel like shame. One interesting thing I feel about bargaining is ruminating on the future or the past, mm -hmm. but it can feel like guilt. And that struck me how something can happen traumatic in life, but we feel guilty about it. How, do, how does we feel guilty that this thing happened? Just like Wanda, all the things that happened in her life, she felt really guilty about some of those things. Depression can look like sleep and appetite changes. It can feel like sadness. And acceptance can look like this is how right it is now. And it can feel like validation, just like Wanda validated everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're at, at the acceptance portion of it. One yeah. of the things I want to say about acceptance is that um, accepting, it's difficult to accept what feels so unacceptable. Does that make sense? It is difficult to accept what feels so unacceptable. So I don't want us to kind of see through this. We're not mental health professionals, not doctors. We don't say one on TV. That's another old commercial reference. But I want to acknowledge the reality that all of us have dealt with this. And so it can be hard to accept what just feels so unacceptable, what's so hurtful. But to go back to Wanda, she at the end of the series, seemingly realizes what she's doing and has gotten to that fifth stage of grief. She dismantles this spell, says goodbye to fake vision and her fake two sons because they weren't really real, and frees the people of Westview, New Jersey. Um, but acceptance, um, in some ways, it's us fighting against the reality of what we've experienced, right? It's not, uh, these, these stages of grief, they're not linear. You can go through them. They're going to be highs. They're going to be lows in your mood, in your thoughts, in your attitudes. And what we have to do in the acceptance stage, because acceptance doesn't mean I'm okay with it. It just means I'm going to deal with it. Acceptance doesn't mean I'm still not hurting, but it means I'm going to process through these emotions and 
throughout everything that we've shared with you about Wanda, that's the one thing she wasn't doing, is she wasn't going through those emotions to get to the other side to healing, right? So now we're going to go back to our show, our regularly scheduled programming, and there's a bit of a cliffhanger because we do see Wanda at the end accept what happened, but plot twist again, in a post credit scene, we see her, and she has somehow gotten hold of what's called the Darkhold. And this is a book that is said to contain powerful spells, but it corrupts the mind and the soul of anybody who dares to touch it or read it. And what she is using this book for is to search the multiverse to try to find her two boys that she never actually gave birth to so that she can reunite with them. So now we come to the current film. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. And so follow me here because there's going to be two universes. We're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, we're going, to, yeah, we're going down a rabbit hole. So in the other universe, the other Doctor Strange is with a new character introduced named America Ch Chavez. And they are battling this monster for, th for the Book of Ashanti. And all of a sudden... Which is the opposite of the dark hold. It's the book of light that's going to help defeat the dark hold. So all of a sudden, um, America has the ability to, tr to travel through the multiverses. And she opens up, uh, 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 I guess, a doorway mm -hmm. to this universe. And the monsters come through. And Doctor Strange is like, hey, the Doctor Strange of this universe mm -hmm. was like, hey, what's going on? And at this point, the Doctor Strange of the other universe is dead, so we won't even talk about him anymore. Mm -hmm. He's good and gone. <laughs> so if I say Doctor Strange, it's only the Doctor Strange of this universe. And so <laughs> they're, they're... It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, my goodness. And so this Doctor Strange is like, hey, what's going on? There's monsters and so forth. And, and then he connects, with, he connects with America Chavez, who is, has the ability and the power to travel through the multiverses. And he's like, hey, who are you? And she's like, oh, you're bad. Get away from me. And then they connect. And then, um, then Dr. Strange says, hey, what's going on? So, hey, I need help. So he goes to Wanda, who's off doing her thing. And Wanda's like, oh, I can help you. Then Dr. Strange's like, wait a minute. There's something going on here. <laughs> I like your version. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can, I can help you. And Dr. Strange's like, wait a minute. Oh, I peep your game. Okay, because right. you're the one that's really after America. And she's like, yeah, okay, so it is me. So give her up. Okay, so this whole movie is about, well, I'm <laughs> It is. Cliff Notes version, yes. Yeah. This is a very good Cliff Notes version. So, so um, this whole movie is really about Give me, give me the person that can have me travel through the multiverse. So I can take her powers. So I can take her powers because in another universe are my two sons that I've created in my mind. But that also have a mother of their own. That have a mother of their own. Now, these two boys actually exist. Mm -hmm. So a lot is going on and so forth. But we get towards the end of the film, and America's like, okay, you know, so enough is enough. Let me just open this doorway so you can actually see these two boys. And the boys are like, ooh, stranger danger. Ah, get away from me. Get away from me. And they turn to their real mother, and their real mother comes to protect them. And Wanda has the revelation with this truth now. It's like, wait a minute. I can no, I can no longer do this. Mm -hmm. I can no longer do this. And I want to use. 
before you get there, baby, I want to say in the midst of all of this that he has given us the amazing Cliff Notes version of, thank you very much, baby, what he glosses over, thank you, <laughs> what he glosses over is the fact that in her quest to take another woman's children, she has committed some unspeakably heinous acts. So she comes to terms. Well, she comes to terms because some truth has been introduced to her. Mm -hmm. And with that I truth being introduced like to her, she now says, okay, I'm, I'm over this quest for the children. Now I now realize this, which to me says in all that she's done and all that she is, there's still good in her. There's still good in her. Mm -hmm. So I want to implore you that if you are kind of like, if you see yourself in that, there's still good in you. Amen. Let's just allow the truth to slowly seep in mm -hmm. and just help help you, help you along the way. Um, so when we, at the end of the film, she destroys the dark hold and sacrifices herself. Sacrifices herself and and so um, the scripture that stood out to me as I thought about where she was at this point and everything that she had done is Proverbs 14 and 12 again the passion translation and it says you can rationalize it all you want. You can justify the path of error you've chosen but you'll find out in the end that the road took you to destruction. And so years because think about it we saw wanda enter the scene in 2014 but prior to that she had already dealt with a lot this is now 2022 and in all of these years she has never dealt with her pain she has never dealt with her sorrow she's never dealt with her trauma or even her anger about everything that had happened to her and she persisted in pursuing the thing that wasn't going to help her or lead her toward healing and wholeness she went the, the opposite direction. And so her story in, spoiler alert, Dr. Strange ends in her own destruction. Um, but this is what Pastor Ray always says, real-time comic book theology. She had been victimized all her life and became the villain. As Pastor Wendy says, she became the very thing that she hated. She became the thing that she fought against. She was an Avenger. She was doing good things. How many of us in our day-to-day -day lives, we're doing good things. We're even doing God things. But where are the areas in our lives that we are ignoring and not dealing with to lead to that healing and that wholeness that we can find in Christ and Christ alone, right? So go ahead, baby. So some points that I want to talk about really about faith looks up. I say one thing before we get Absol to Facebook. Hey, up. absolutely, because it, it's going to be so good. Yes. I'm going to take notes. So Pastor Ray has really been teaching. Y'all know our pastors are beasts when it comes to the word. We're going to try to go real quick. Um, but he's been teaching us about choices. And one of the things he said during ghost stories that stuck with me is choose your heart. We have choices every day. The example he used was we, we have the choice between eating well, exercising, getting rid of some of the weight around our middle. Or we have the choice of health issues, high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, and such. And Pastor Ray's admonition to us was choose your heart. My takeaway was choose the right heart. The other thing that he shared with us was about time. And that time 
because Wanda had been doing this thing called life for a long time, does not heal all wounds. It's what we choose to do with our time that determines our healing, right? So Wanda missed several opportunities to do the deep, uh, painful, let's acknowledge that part, but transformative and restorative work of healing. She didn't do that part, and that's where she missed it. So our takeaway, if you don't take away anything else, is don't be Wanda. Now, Faith looks up. Right. Um, I'm reminded of several people in the Bible when Faith looks up that have gone through tremendous things, mm -hmm. but it was their foundation that kind of brought them back. I think of Joseph and everything that Joseph went through. Job. Job. Yeah. I think I would have tapped out. Okay, hey, the first thing, you, I, I, I don't really friends, know if a man Job. of integrity, right. okay, I mean, I know what you're saying, but I would like, we all want to be Job, but when it, let, let, do we really? Do we really? Mm -hmm. um, and how that foundation was there for them to come back. I, mean, I, I went to go read the book of Job. I'm like, okay, how many chapters are we going to be sitting here just arguing with God and just talking about nothing until God finally spoke? And then God finally spoke. We talk about the process. It wasn't just one verse. It was a couple of chapters that God spoke. So there will be a process in getting through your grief. Yeah. But with God. Yes. Transparent story. I went through something tremendous in my life. And I can think of the two times. One time I went through something tremendous. I didn't have faith. And I stayed in that pit for a long time. Mm -hmm. The second time when I had come to Christ and gave my life to God. I went through something. Now, I still cried, and I remember to this day. It wasn't a pretty cry. <laughs> a man enough to say it was not a pretty cry. Gut-wrenching cries, really. It, oh. it, was a it was a snot cry. Yes. Okay. And God said to me in that moment, you're going to cry and you're going to hurt. Come on. But give your tears unto me. Yes. Amen. Faith looks up. Yes. Because I was reminded at that point I had the word in me, and that's all I needed. I yeah. didn't have a lot of, lot of scripture, but what I had was lift up. And I, I remember to the moment I just lifted my hands. Come on. What I wanted to do was be in a fetal position, but I lifted my hands. Come on. Faith looks up. Yes. And we also have to be careful not to tell people, get over it. Yeah. You're going to get over it quickly. Come on. Hey, it's going to be all right. What's all that for? Arrogant dismissal until life happens to us, too. Say it again. Arrogant dismissal until life happens to us, too. Remind me, because I'm going to need to write that down. <laughs> okay. Arrogant dismissal until life happens to us. We often don't have empathy yeah. for other people's, if we're not healthy, for other people's struggles until we're faced with the same thing. Yeah. Just, just. Do like Job's friends did the first before they opened their mouth. Go sit with somebody. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about Wanda herself. I'm talking about us as believers who may need to help somebody process their grief with faith looks up. Sometimes that quietness, just a moment of just quiet presence is good enough. You actually said something, and it just came to my mind. You remember what somebody said, one of our children said, and you asked them a question, what do you need from me right now? 
what she said was, do you want me just to sit here and be with you? Because they, they, they brought a problem. And I'm a fixer, but I have to learn I can't fix everything. But you said, do you want me just to sit here and be with you? Or do you want my godly opinion? Because sometimes I just may need you to sit with me. I may not sit here with you in your funk. And even if you are in a funk, I'm not going to feed into it. That's what faith looks up to. Can we just slow down just mm-hmm. to sit with somebody? How often do we hear somebody sick? Somebody's in the hospital. Okay, I'm um, Facebook. Blah, 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 happy birthday. Or Facebook, hope you're doing better. Mm-hmm. Rather than, hey, I stopped by. I'm not going to kick the door and force my way in, but I just want to let you know I stopped by. Hey, I'm going to a store to bring you some food. I brought you a casserole or something. I brought you, can I, can I put it in the refrigerator for you? Faith looks up. Faith looks up what a, we don't always have to have scripture, but we can say things in a way that are encouraging. Mm-hmm. That brings us to our scripture, which is Proverbs 12, 25, again from the Passion Translation, which says, anxious fear brings depression. A giving word of encouragement can do wonders to restore joy to the heart. And that's where we're getting is, okay, we've talked about Wanda and everything she dealt with, but how do we navigate that now? And so we want to share five truths uh, found in Scripture that, uh, or that Scripture teaches us about pain and suffering. Do you want to go through those, Kate? So the first one is, and we're going to go through these fast and furious because we're two minutes over. We apologize, Pastor. God is present in our suffering, and that comes from 2 Corinthians uh Chapter 1, which says, or chapter 1, verse 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father, the source of all comfort. The first thing that we want, or the second thing that we want you to remember, yes, God is present in our suffering. That's number one. But number two, God loves us. He is very good, and he cares for us. We are not alone in this. And that comes from John 3 and 16. Jeremiah 29 and 11, and 1 Peter 5 and 7, the B portion. The third thing we want to share is that through our trials and suffering, we have an opportunity to draw closer to God, and that can be found in James 1, 2, and 4. Do you want to go with the last couple? Yeah. Jesus understands what it is to suffer. We are not alone. Mm -hmm. That comes from Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. And number five, our identity is grounded in Christ. Christ alone. Yes. Ephesians 1, 3 through 7. So our season finale, which is our first and only closing, is a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Ralph Waldo Emerson is a 19th century American essayist, and he wrote, Sorrow Looks Back, Worry Looks Around, Faith Looks Up. Amen. Hey, we're going to close with that. We thank you for... Um, just hanging out with us today. We yes. thank you, the pastors. Um, we, we pray that you can everything continues to go well there in, at Emory University with you and your family. Amen. Um, Converge Align, thank you for having on us, having us today. So yes. with that. Before we'll we be, allow, because yeah. we're going to have our pastors come and pray and close us out. Amen. But before we do that, because it is Sunday fun day. We do have a gift. Well, we can't be in the running, sweetie, because 
Oh no right. no 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 no! This is this is for the spirit <laughs> okay, of fun. Okay. Yeah yeah. Sunday like, fun no, day. We, we, we had a spotter, not yes. us, but we had a spotter that that yeah. was looking amongst yeah. the Sunday fun day people and, and everybody that had on, and we everybody was amazing. You mentioned a lot of people earlier. Yeah, but there's one person who kind of went the extra mile in the Sunday fun day gear, and so Bree, please please join us because you are the winner of today's Sunday fun day. And again, this is not because she is wearing Bears gear, so this was no kind of bias that she repped my city. <laughs> but she came with the flags and the scarves. Amen. Come on, Bree. Yes, Bear Down, the Bears. Anybody get that knows, you know, the Bears won in 85. They won the Super Bowl. They get that reference. So. All right, come on. Yes, that was Walter Payton, Bridge. Yes, yes. So thank you for participating in our Sunday fun day. This is for you. Go Bears. Enjoy. We're like the Cowboys. We're going to get to the Super Bowl again one day. I don't know when it will be because I really don't follow sports, y'all. But thank you guys again for your time and attention. If you will please give your attention to the screen, our amazing pastors are going to come again. God bless you. Wow, 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 Converge. Listen, Pastor Wendy and I promised that you would not be disappointed. What a life-giving word from Dexter and Andrea Jackson. So many takeaways. I had so many personal takeaways from that message, but check this out. Sorrow looks behind, worry looks around, but faith looks up. Come on, that listen. That's enough manna right there. Just those three ideas, or in fact, three in one ideas to sustain you this week. No matter what you're going through, uh, remember that sorrow will tempt you uh, to look back. Uh, worry will tempt you to look around. But dig deep and find that faith that lives so big and strong in you to look up. Amen. Such a fantastic word. Now, why don't you stand to your feet uh, so I can bless you out. And as you stand, I just want to let you know that next week will be the finale of our God on Film series. And we've got a very special guest. I'm so excited to announce that my friend, Kevin LeVar, who is not only a pastor, not only a worship leader, but a national uh, gospel recording artist, he will be with us leading worship next Sunday with our team, and then I will be bringing a life-giving word. Ah, boy. It's either going to be inspired by Top Gun Maverick or the pursuit of happiness. Listen, I'm asking God which direction I go, but either way, we will have a life-giving word, and we will also have anointed worship by our very own friend, Kevin LeVar. Now, while you're standing, raise those hands toward heaven and let me bless you out, according to Numbers chapter 6. Now, Lord, I ask that you would bless us and keep us, that you would make your face to shine upon us, that, God, you would be gracious toward us and give us peace in everything we set our hands to, in every place we turn, 360 degrees of uncommon favor, according to your promise in Psalm 5 and verse 12, that you surround us with your favor like a shield. We decree it, we declare it, it is so, 
In Jesus' name, God bless you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchweareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.